When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Now 3-2, the Wild leading the Leafs. Six minutes left in the second period. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Kevin Carius from Global Sports joining us in a few minutes. World Junior Tournament coming up. The selection camp starts uh, on the weekend. The tournament starts on Boxing Day. The Edmonton Oil Kings will be represented by their head athletic therapist, Brian Cheeseman. Pretty cool stuff. Brian, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Great, Reed. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Congratulations. You're going to the to the World Juniors. Is this the second year in a row you're working for Canada? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, lucky enough uh, to have the opportunity to do it last year, and uh, I got a call in June uh, after applying again for this year to say that I had uh, made the cut, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, very fortunate to have the opportunity to do it in consecutive years. So. Well, that's interesting. I mean, we we hear a lot about how the players get it, get selected and go into camp, but for people in your position, it's sort of like applying for a job, I guess, eh? And you got to be one of the last candidates standing. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, they send out a, an information package to all the uh, athletic therapists and equipment managers in the CHL in February, and uh, everybody applies for their uh, Hockey Canada's program of excellence for either the under seventeen, under eighteen, or under twenty program, and. You know, if you're lucky enough uh, to get picked, uh, you know, it's an unbelievable experience. Now, have you, besides last year, had you done any Canadian teams before? Uh, I worked with the under-17 program back when it was uh, still the regional program uh, with Team Pacific in 2012. And then in 2013, uh, I worked with the under-18 program at the Ivan Holinka uh, Summer Tournament, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Okay, so you've got some good experience. Is it rare to, for a guy uh, to be an athletic therapist for the World Junior Team uh, two years in a row, or, or you know? Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I, I think it's happened in a, in a few uh, cases. Um, you know, it's uh, definitely it's a huge uh, it's a huge honor to be selected. You know, uh, once, let alone twice. And uh, you know, the staff we have going this year. Uh, the other athletic therapist on staff is from the Quebec uh, Major Junior League, and I believe this is his third time going. So there's definitely some uh, some good experience, some good people working with me this year too. Well, and this year the tournament's in Canada. Um, I know last year you went, it was Helsinki last year, right? So uh, first of all, what was that experience like just, I mean, we, again, we always talk to the players, what's it like to represent your country? What was it like for you to represent your country? Oh, it was an absolutely, you know, awesome experience. And, you know, to be in, in Helsinki at Christmas, um, you know, with uh, Hockey Canada and, and to see how many fans from, from Canada that, 
made the trek uh, over to watch the games was incredible. The atmosphere was amazing. It was so loud. Uh, you know, it didn't matter who we were playing in the round robin. Uh, it almost felt like, you know, we had that kind of home ice advantage, you know, being uh, half a world away. But I can only imagine how long things are going to be this year uh, at the Bell Center. And uh, sorry, at the Air Canada Center for the round robin, the Bell Center for the medal round. It's just be absolutely fantastic. Brian Cheeseman joining us on Inside Sports, Oil Kings head athletic therapist. He's going to do that job for uh, Team Canada at the upcoming World Junior Tournament. Brian, tell me a little bit about your your path here. Uh, I mean, you have one of those jobs. Everybody sees you on the bench. Everybody sees you when you get a spring into action. I don't know if a lot of people know what someone like you has to do for, for training to work major junior, work in the NHL. How did you start down this path? Well, I uh, grew up in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, Labrador, and um, when I graduated high school, I had never played hockey at all growing up, but I was always uh, around sports and involved in other sports, and I always had a fascination, you know, with, with injuries and how they happen, why they happen, the rehab process, so on and so forth. So uh, when I enrolled at university, at Memorial University in St. John's, I, I got in a kinesiology program which uh, allowed me to have uh, some work term experience. And uh, one of those work terms was with the St. John's Maple Leafs, who were the American League affiliate of Toronto at the time. And I got to meet their athletic therapist and uh, spent half a season working with him. And as soon as I kind of saw the the behind-the-scenes work that that those guys do, I knew right then and there, uh, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So from there, I applied for an athletic therapy program in Sheridan College in Ontario. And, um, had some good hockey experience there. Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work with the Hamilton Bulldogs and Montreal's affiliate at the time for two seasons as a student. And got to see and do and learn a lot of things there. And uh, upon gra- graduation, I ended up uh, working with the Tri-City Americans here in the Western League. And uh, I guess I kind of struck it lucky there. My first season there went to the final. And uh, Unfortunately, we lost to Calgary in, in five games, but uh, that was a great experience nonetheless. And That uh, path eventually led me here to uh, Edmonton. This is my seventh season with the Oil Kings. and had uh, some great uh, teams and some great players and you know the opportunity to work with a really great staff here. I'm, I'm very thankful uh, to be in the position I'm in. And, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't consider it, uh, you know, to be work. It's it's just a, it's a great place to come every day, and you know we have great players and great coaches and staff, and it's, it doesn't feel like long days at all to me when I'm here at Rogers Place. So yeah, well, and you've been part of some definitely memorable seasons for sure, which is which is pretty cool, uh, Brian. I mean, uh, you, obviously you, you love your job, um, but there are, are are always challenges, and I, I would think probably one of the things that might be tough for you is. Sometimes you imagine you probably have to give an athlete some bad news or you're probably dealing with a guy, you know, and a young guy who wants to get back out there and prove himself, but you got to be the, the voice of reason sometimes, I would guess. Yeah, and, you know, even though the job title says athletic therapist, I mean, you're, you're almost in the position of a big brother. I mean, these, these guys, are they're, they're still teenagers, they're kids, and they're away from home and they're away from family and friends and, and they're away from their, their normal, comfortable environments. And, you know, uh, guys like myself, uh, you know, the therapy side and, and Rogan being on the equipment side, we, uh, we're like that big brother figure to these guys. And, you know, our, our office doors are always open. If those guys want to come in and talk about, 
you know, how their day is going, how life's going. It's, uh, there's kind of more to the job than just uh, the injuries and the equipment and everything else. So. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good way to put it. You're, you're such an integral part of the team. Absolutely. Okay, so are you going out for the uh, selection camp? Are you going to be part of that too, or what's your schedule here? <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, I'm at practice here this afternoon uh, at Rogers Place, and then I uh, have a flight right and early tomorrow morning to selection camp in Montreal, and, uh, yeah, you get the ball rolling for uh, a solid month of hockey. Well, that's awesome, Brian. What, what a great opportunity. We're going to have to talk to you when you get back about what the experience was like because this is really cool. I mean, it's it's once in a lifetime, but you're getting to do it twice, so good for you. All the best, and thanks for joining us on Inside Sports tonight. No, no problem, Reed. Hopefully we can have a good chat about a gold medal when I get back. So. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Brian Cheeseman, head athletic therapist for the Oil Kings. He will do that job with Team Canada at the World Juniors. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports, joined by Kevin Carius from Global Television. I know you guys uh, did a little thing on Brian as well yeah. when this was it was announced a few days ago. We finally got to catch up with him today. I mean, I love that that last answer. All the stuff he does behind the scenes and so just just relating to the kids sometimes and knowing you're somebody else they can talk to that's not your coach. Well, not only that, but I. I, I hope a lot of hockey fans realize how big of a part the training staff is to a hockey team, not in the sense of what they do, and this is at all, almost every level, I would say. It's the go-between between the coach and the team, and it's the coach needs to have that. Um, I don't want to sound it like make it sound like intel, but the training staff knows so much more of a day-to-day process with the players and the team, the the pulse of the team. Does this player fit in? Does he not? Is he well-liked by his teammates? Will he do that extra thing in the dressing room, whether it be picking up a bunch of tape that's on the floor, whether it be something with the towels, anything like that? Will he, is that player fitting in with the team? And then that message is relayed to the coaching staff and the managing management staff and then you get to know that player and that person a lot better and that is such a critical part of the success of a hockey team or any sport yeah no that's a really good point kevin and when when a team wins a championship and players are interviewed on the ice after the game they almost always i mean there's a million things going through their mind but guys will almost always thank the trainers or they'll be at the end of the mm-hmm. interview and they oh wait 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 i i gotta thank the trainer right because like you said there's that relationship and you never know. A trainer said, "You know what? You look like you you need an ice, whatever. You need you, you need you need an Advil before the game today, or just that, or just that talk, or just that little reassurance." And again, and then if the player doesn't respect the training staff, then that player isn't very well liked amongst his teammates either. That's a good point. It's very very true, and that's it's such a critical part of the team. And these guys, think back to the Oilers back in the you know in the '80s. Um, pretty well every time there was a Canada Cup or whatever, what training staff went? Yeah. You know, it was the Oilers training staff because they were the best in the business, you know, yeah. when you thought of it, you know, and you got Ken Lowe and you got Barry Stafford and you got Sparky Kolchiski and uh, everyone else, Stu Poirier, all those guys, they were the, the, the go-to uh, training staff in the NHL to go and represent Canada on the world stage. You know, Kevin, you, you, you make an interesting point too about how players treat whether the trainer, athletic therapist, equipment guys, you know the the guys the, the guys who aren't out there on the ice getting the glory. They're not going to score a goal, but you know that's that's a really good point because you hear stories like that. The guy who maybe throws his you know doesn't fold his jersey nice or or clean up as much as he can for the staff. Mm-hmm. Those players they do get in heck from their teammates or they they aren't on the team long. I mean it, it's it's might seem weird, but the the guys who don't 
and those guys are there. We see them at practice, packing the van for yeah. the next day. All the grunt work, they're late. And if they're not respected by some of the players, those players get ostracized a bit. For sure, because there has to be that appreciation because they are such a critical part of the team's success. Like, say, for instance, on the owners, these guys like, you know, Jeff Lang and, and, and everyone else, those guys are working, like, till all hours of the morning and you know that and yep. on the road when you see them on the road you know half the time they're just they're not even making it back to the hotel they're just staying you know in the in the visiting dress room they'll throw out a cot or whatever and just sleep there because the guys are coming for treatment in the morning yep. you know so uh, that's just how it works with these guys and i think you know what for the, all the times that i spent in edmonton uh I, between the eskimos and the Oilers, i think it's just been you know, one transition period to the next training staff. It's been phenomenal, guys, when you think about it. And the Oil Kings, too. I mean, between uh, Cheesy and Rogie Dean, those guys are great, too. You know, so I think we're pretty fortunate to have such great, great guys in the in the city here. Has Barry Stafford told you the diamond story? Or you probably know it. <laughs> I'll just, I don't know if he has. I'll just quickly tell I, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, Kevin, you, you know, I went to Lloyd Minster to speak at a, a dinner for the midget AAA team. I was not the headliner. I spoke a little what? bit. And Barry, Barry, Barry Stafford was the headliner. Uh, I mean, over 30 years with the Oilers organization, now works with the alumni. They won their first Stanley Cup, and I guess they decided, you know, we should get these rings appraised in case, I don't know, they're ever damaged or stolen or whatever. And all the players' rings were getting appraised at ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, something like that. And, and Stafford and some of the other guys take their rings in, and they get appraised for 400 bucks. <laughs> I, I can't remember what the amount was, but it was like a fraction yeah uh pocklington didn't put diamonds in the training staff all the on ice people's rings mm -hmm. off off ice people's rings right wayne gretzky put them all collected in. all their yeah. rings paid for diamonds yeah. put them in yeah that shows you Pretty how cool, much the, you know the respect was there uh both ways you're sticking around eh you, you got a lot you. to talk about yeah. Alrighty. Kevin Carius, Global Television in studio. You can text 63630, phone number 780 496 0063. Please drop off a new toy for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire. Making Christmas dreams come true. 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. SantasAnonymous.ca to find out more about that. Delivery day is coming up on uh, December 17th and December 18th, so uh, we love you if you can help out or if you have helped out in the past. Along with Kevin Carius, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Oilers play the Flyers tomorrow. They play the Wild on Friday. Those are road games, home game against the Jets coming up on Sunday. We have them all for you on 6.30. Ched and uh, Kevin, I was running through some of my uh, top concerns. <laughs> you have to be concerned. Well, 14-10-4, the record itself... Uh, average. The trend has been a little inconsistent. Down. Well, I mean, well, they do have points in four straight games, mm -hmm. thanks to the overtime loss point. What uh, what has you wearing the worry pants, as I like to say? You know, when you say, when you're talking about, and we mentioned last night on Global Sports at 11, how they were, I said, winless 0-6 against the three poor teams, really, yep. Buffalo, Calgary, and Toronto. Yes, and you go, well, yeah, they're 0-3-3. Three that's you would like to have more points against those bottom teams now the good thing in that when you have to look at it if you can look at the glass being half full yeah they got three points out of a possible 12 i guess right you could say that mm -hmm. now the points that they're giving up are at least they're not points to teams that they are going to be battling with like those extra points that they would have lost in overtime or even say losing you know whatever i think it was 4-2 to the leafs that two points differential isn't going to hurt them 
down the road in the west in right. the west just because of another team getting those points and especially like you say again with phoenix or arizona with that bonus point etc so now it's not like it's dallas or something that you know that that's a team that you're going to be battling down the stretch that's uh that would be a concern of mine again with we're talking about being uh, having a poor record against poorer teams that's the good news about that I think my biggest concern right now is they are at the end of their end of the line when it comes to depth. They don't have anybody left, really, when you think about it on defense right now. Yeah. I mean, if you think if with if Osterley and Griffin Reinhardt are are injured down on the farm. Griff played last night. Okay. Osterley did not. Okay. So, yeah. he, but he's probably not at a hundred percent. Let's call it fair that. enough. Yeah. So, here, how about this? Where would this team be without Matt Benning right now? And it's, I know it's a and, fair question. And a lot of people pick Chris Russell apart. Where yeah. would they be if they hadn't signed Chris Russell? That's why you just sign a veteran sometime. You know, Benning's you have, an incredible story. Obviously. It's unreal. I mean, he's played 19 games, and he he's been one of the steadier defensemen on the team. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't do anything fancy. Uh, he doesn't do anything that gets you in trouble. He's maybe lost a few puck battles down low, sure. where it has resulted in a goal or something like that. But almost pretty well every other defenseman has done that. Never mind a guy that no one thought he would be playing in the NHL this year. Yeah. I mean, we had the clip from Todd earlier. Like, they're down to 10, 11 they're, in terms of the D depth chart. Yeah, if you look at it, they got five guys that are healthy. Yeah. Then they have four guys that are hurt. Yeah. And two guys on call-ups right now is, yeah. is in Lucille and Simpson. And when you think about it tomorrow, Dylan Simpson gets the call. Probably plays. You're going to have two guys from Edmonton. Call it, you know, St. Albert, Edmonton, That's whatever. That's right, yeah. Two guys from Edmonton playing on defense on the same Oilers team in the same year that played NCAA college hockey and their dads both played for the Oilers. Kevin Carius is sticking around. We'll have a quick chat with uh, Jamie Crooks, U of A hockey team. He's going to play against the World Junior team. We'll see how he's feeling about that. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. JC Shirt of your Edmonton Eskimos. This season, please support 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. 3-2 Minnesota leading the Leafs after two late in the second period. Washington up 3-0 on Boston. Two more games coming up later. Ducks home to the Canes. The Senators play the Sharks. The Oilers have put Mark Fain on injured reserve. David Musil has been called up. The Montreal Canadiens announcing knee injuries to both Alex Galchenyuk and David DeHarnay. They will each be out six to eight weeks. I'm Breed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Kevin Carius from Global Television joins us every Wednesday. He's here as well. Hi, Kevin. Good to be here, Reed. And Jamie Crooks from the U of A Golden Bears is on the line as well. Jamie, good to talk to you again, man. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Well, the, the semester uh, ended for you guys, for the team, but not for you. Uh, how excited are you here to represent the, the U Sports All-Star team and play against the Canadian World Junior hopefuls? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'm uh, getting excited to go down there and for a couple games and uh, play against some of the top junior players in Canada and, you know, just help them pick their team and, and uh, help out our team too. How did it come about for you? How, like, did they contact you? Or is it like, uh, you know, you're the Lone Bears representative, Jamie, but how did it come about for you? Um, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about it until uh, kind of Serge just called me in for a meeting one day and told me that I'd been selected to 
to play on the team and then uh, he said that the rest of the roster would be announced in, the, in a week or two and then yeah and then so they announced it uh, I think Monday it was so yeah I mean you're, when you're playing the Canadian World Junior team and I mean you played major junior so so you know what the level of hockey those guys are experiencing do you expect the you and your university teammates are going to be pretty fired up, even in an exhibition game, to be able to say like, "Hey, we beat the team that won this color medal that year"? Yeah, no, for sure. That's that's that'll be a big part of it. Uh, obviously, we're a little bit older, but uh, no, yeah, I'm pretty sure probably most of the guys that are there have played major junior, and um, yeah, they know what to expect. So it'll be good. Is it kind of a similar situation for you? I guess with the uh, Oiler rookies too, on another level though. Yeah, it it is fairly similar to that. Other than maybe this might even be a higher level of competition. So, but yeah, like you said, it's a little bit of younger guys. So, but there'll be some pretty top level competition, and it'll be good. Jamie Crooks from the U of A Golden Bears joining us. He's going to be playing uh, in a couple games Monday, Tuesday, University All-Stars against the Canadian World Junior Team, or at least the guys at the selection camp. Uh, Jamie, just to shift focus to the Bears, uh, I guess. As 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 somebody who went to the U of A and has followed the team for a long time, I'm not thrilled with uh, where you're at in the standings, and uh, not not I'm not thrilled with how it wrapped up with a couple losses against the U of S uh, Huskies. Uh, tell us a little bit about the the first semester here and how it went. Um, you know what? We started off a little bit slow. I think we started off two and two, and then we went on a little bit of run there, and then obviously we lost three of the last four there. So we're uh, going into the break on a little bit of a low, but we've uh, we're going to take the positives out of what we learned in the last couple of weekends, and uh, you know, not not dwell on it too much, and just kind of focus on what we need to work on and come back strong in the second half. Can you touch on those last two games at uh, Rutherford? You played uh, in Saskatoon, uh, and the Huskies came out on top in both those games. It's a tough place to play, as everyone knows, but kind of run us through what happened in those two games. Yeah, like you said, it's obviously a pretty tough place to play. Small barn there, and they they know how to play in the in their uh, own rink there, and they they executed really well. You got to give credit to them, and and uh, but we could have brought better, and especially in the first game, we kind of came out flat, and they took it to us, and then thought we played a little bit better in the second game, and and uh, obviously their goalie played pretty well, and uh, you know, like I said, we could have played better, but we're gonna not dwell on it and just kind of learn some things from that and move on all right well you're moving on for now good stuff for you to represent the uh the the golden bears with the u sports all-star team jamie it's always great to have you on inside sports and of course all the best over the holiday season as well buddy yeah thanks a lot reed good luck in those games yeah thanks that's Jamie Crooks checking in tonight from the uh, U of A Golden Bears. You know, we, I, I had Brendan Burke, the goaltender, mm-hmm. Sean Burke's son, on the show on Monday. Uh, there was not a rust delay at Rutherford Rink this past weekend. <laughs> oh, I know, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I think they're getting a new building, though, right? It's in the process. Well, has it, should, haven't they needed a new building since 1880? 60 years, yeah, <laughs> about there. But uh, that place, uh, well, because I used to work in Saskatoon at CTV Saskatoon like you know, 20 years ago. And at that point, it was barely, you, you were scared, literally frightened to stand up in the uh, press box because you you just, it, you felt like you were going to hit the ice. You were just coming down. Like you would just collapse. Oh, 
It was just unreal. I, I have a confession to make. I've actually never been in that rink. <laughs> um, I mean, I, like I volunteered with Bob when I was going to Nate, mm-hmm. and I hosted intermissions, but I didn't travel. I would just listen to the games and, and do intermission scores from, and this was 98, 99. I would just do them from CJSR. That's on campus, if people don't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody does. And then there was a game before Christmas. The Bears were down 5-2 with five minutes left and they won 6-5 in overtime. Mm-hmm. And that was in December of 98. And then in March of 99, Nationals were in Saskatoon, and the Bears went as a wild card because the Huskies won the league, and the Bears knocked them off. But the games were at, I don't know what it's called now, Sask, Sask Place. Place. Point, I think yeah. it has a sponsor name yeah, now, right? Exactly, yeah. So I've never had the honor of <laughs> being at Rutherford Rake. I was actually covering those games. I was in Edmonton at the time, and then I went back to Saskatoon to cover uh, Nationals when the Bears won. And... Uh, I was thinking, could you imagine if these games were in Rutherford Arena? <laughs> like, oh, if you know what, it, it should be a like a, if people have a chance before they tear that sucker down, they should probably go and watch a Golden Bears and University of Saskatchewan Huskies game because it's it, it's like it's smaller than Claire Drake Arena by a lot, and it's just you'd swear that the whole building was just going to collapse at any moment. Well, and aren't the You'll have to tell me this because I just know what Bob and other people have told me. Isn't the press box over the benches to the point where the coaches could hear you calling the game? Yeah. It might be like, shut up, don't say that about our guy. And you're over, almost over the ice a little bit, you know. And that's the other thing. So when when cameras, like, you know, stations would shoot the highlights where there'd be, you know, CTV or Global in Saskatoon, you're, you're, for half of the ice, you probably can't see it because there's too many guys standing in the way. So right. <laughs> you, you're good at center ice, but then you're always telling guys, hey, move over, move over, get out of the way so we can, you know, get that shot. Uh, legendary place. And, yeah, there were, last year when the Bears played there, there, there were rust delays because the puck would go up too high and the rafters shake and just stuff falls on the from ice. The, yeah, from the, the ceiling and the roof, yeah. It just It's just so old. It's just, oh, I'm surprised nails wouldn't come out of there. <laughs> Reed Wilkins, Kevin Carius, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. The World Junior hype is uh, is starting to take off. Um, I don't know if you've been able to connect anybody. I guess it's a little easier for me on phones, mm-hmm. but I've talked to Carter Hart, local product who's trying out in goal for Canada. Uh, Tyson Jost, we, we haven't been able to talk to, but uh, he's another local kid, good offensive player in North Dakota. You had and, Sam Steele and, on? Uh, had yeah. Sam Steele on uh, a few, few days ago. So, uh, yeah, so the guys that are from the area trying to make it. But you know, it's funny, Kevin, with that tournament, I mean, Canadians love it. Let's face it, we love it more than any other nation in the world. We could almost host it every year. Mm -hmm. And they're having it in Buffalo next year, so it's pretty much in southern Ontario again. Um, But I talked to Sean Bell about a week and a half ago. He was on a team the Flurry year, when Flurry shot it off his own. Patrick O'Sullivan, right? O'Sullivan got credit. And Sean said, I remember coming back, and walking through the Toronto airport and all the newspapers are like, you know, Canada fails, the let, let us yeah. down. You're a 19-year-old and, and kid. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I always... You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think about that, Reed, is TSN has turned this thing into an absolute monster. And they, you know, when you think about it from what the broadcasts were and how they've accentuated it and built it and built it and built it and they put a lot of pressure on these kids but the in, in my opinion i think the kids have been able to handle it because they're they're more prepared for it uh as 
getting into training at 14, 15, 16 and being more ready for a big tournament and being on the world stage. But but it, I, I think a lot of it has to do with TSN putting uh, such a big, big spotlight um, on these kids at that age. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember when I was a kid, like CBC would show the last two mm-hmm. games, you know, and Don Whitman would go over and call a couple games and you'd get up at six in the morning. I was, you know, you'd be off school. Yeah. And it was the round robin, so there was no final. The other thing, too, what happened, I believe it was at uh, 05, I guess, with the with the lockout. Yeah. Um, what happened, so all those, the top players went to North Dakota, right? Yeah. And they had... And Bell was on that team, and Bell too. was on that team, too, and they were just dominating. They were, no one touched them, right? Yeah. So... That was at that point, I believe, that's when it really took off on the TSN standpoint as broadcast for it. So, um, one other saying that though, I like the fact that you're there's a there's a legitimate game on Boxing Day. Right. It used to be that you'd play, you know, uh, Latvia on Boxing Day, then you'd play Switzerland for Canada on the 28th, and then maybe there'd be a meaningful game on the 30th or the 31st. It never got to that stage, right, where it was yeah. just a build-up. But now, right off the hop, I, I kind of enjoy that. It's Russia this year on yeah, Boxing Day and New Year's Eve against the States. They're so. in the same pool again. So, yeah. so that's fun. It's an interesting tradition. I mean, I always joke it's – well, it's not a joke, really. It's true. I mean, it's the tournament that only Canada really cares about to that level. Mm-hmm. And it's – I, I got to be careful because it, it is a competitive tournament – but in my mind, there's generally four teams that have a chance to win every year. Canada and whichever three other teams are peaking. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not It's not a... But if there's ten good, teams, it's not ten deep. But right? Finland is, you know, really up to this sure. game. You know, and when you think about it, Sweden and the United States and Russia are always there. So that's five in my mind, you know, so... Well, the U.S. is usually up there. I, I would said, still that's... argue there's been some down years for Russia, Sweden, where they don't send as good a team. And in that particular tournament, they're not as strong. No. Right? But I, there's, I think there's five teams now with Finland. Because, I mean, Sweden and Russia and the States and Canada. Fair, fair enough. Teams, fairly yeah. consistent. And then sometimes yeah. you get a Swiss... Uh, I was saying the other night, I still remember that golden Nino Niederreiter got in overtime against... Russia, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was in the quarters a few years ago. Yeah. So, it it is fun to watch, and hopefully, hope the chance to have three local guys on the team that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be great. Uh, I, I I'm really pulling for Sam Steele. I know his dad yeah. very well, and I kind of liken him to uh, Marty Murray uh, from the old Brandon right. Kings years ago. Marty Murray wasn't, a, you know, he had a lot of points. Sam Steele's got a lot of points right now. Marty Murray came into that tournament as a kind of a special teams guy that you knew he could kill all the penalties. You knew he could do run the power play off the half wall that's exactly what Sam Steele can do he's a he's a great penalty killer great power play quarterback too and I mean I, I think Carter's got a great chance like I would think three so. goalies yeah. I think it'll the be best the two goalie western. in the WHL it'll be the two western league goaltenders I think yeah yeah Kevin Carius, Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chad we got a few more minutes to go uh I got some uh random facts from today we're going to bring up with Kevin and I, I think he's going to update us on his on his fantasy football team because I know oh, you're all concerned man. about how he's doing very concerned. Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> this year, 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous will make Christmas dreams come true for more than 25,000 less fortunate kids. You can drop off a new toy at any shopping center, Costco, Toys R Us, or Canadian Tire, or at Santa's Warehouse, the Jerry Forbes Center at 121-22 68th Street. All right, thanks for tuning in. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins, joined by Kevin Kergis from Global Television. He's on every 
almost every Wednesday, I guess is how we put it. <laughs> and I feel bad about, I could have given Why? you the list. The list of uh, oh, Oilers, yeah, we done that. Oilers' dads and their sons playing. So and, well, we can give it out for people. Yeah, like if if Dylan Simpson plays tomorrow. Which we think he will. We think he will. So And even if he doesn't play, uh, there's still three, I think, three other ones. So, so it'll be Dylan Simpson and Craig Simpson. Yeah. Then it'll be David Musile played four games for the Oilers in years two ago. years ago. So him and his dad, uh, Frankie. Yeah. And then, of course, Matt Benning and Brian Benning. And last night, Brian or Matt played his 19th game for the Oilers. Uh, and Brian played 18 games for the Oilers. So he passed. Oh, nice. And Brian, has, <laughs> Brian had one goal for the Oilers in his career and in, in the 18 games. So Matt has to get that I first gotta, one to tie, pass tie the old man. <laughs> and then the fourth one uh, would be uh, Kent Nelson and Robert Nelson. There you go. And unless there's some other ones that I can't think of. People will text 630-630. Yeah. They could, fathers and sons who have played for the and, Oilers. And then we were talking about it at work today, Reed. What other franchise can you think of four other fathers and sons that played with that franchise. Think of Calgary, or at least out west, your teams that, you know, I'm sure there are a lot more for, like, the Leafs and the Canadians and Bruins and stuff like that. But teams that came in, let's just say, yeah, that's a great post-67 question. That's or something. That's a heck of a list, yeah. You know, there's a lot of teams, like, I can't think of really any any in, uh, in, in Calgary, to be honest with you. I was trying to think of Calgary. And I just couldn't think of one in Calgary. <sighs> I thought actually the one that came to mind was uh, the only one, and it, he didn't play in Calgary. But I thought I thought maybe Michael Nylander, but he, oh. never, he never played for Toronto. Right. So, you know, it's kind of that's and, a good list. And and the other thing too, when you think about it, is the why is this happening? Well, because in the last twenty five thirty years, we've seen w- way more f- uh, players bring their sons into the locker room. You know, come on in. You know, the kids might be three, four, five years old. You know, look at uh, Daniel Kachuk and, yeah. you know... The, well, Brendan Burke the other there night. There you go. As so. he's going and hanging out with the Coyotes yeah. and seeing how Shane Doan prepares for a game and tapes his stick. Yeah. You know, he wound up playing goal like his dad, but yeah. talk about learning on the job when it's not even your job yet. Right on, <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we already touched on a couple of things. I, I didn't... I, didn't I, I just found a couple of things throughout the day, and I didn't tell you these as topics because I just want to see if you would have reacted to them. Okay. Um, 20 out of the 88 players who played in the Grey Cup have since been fined for sock violations. They weren't wearing their socks properly. During the game? Yes. And what was the fine? It was about like 20 bucks yeah, or something? Yeah, probably. <laughs> how lame is that? Holy. 20. Wow. How many? 20. There were 88 players yeah, who participated so in the Grey Cup or dressed for the Grey Cup. They fu- The league fined 20 of them wow. for sock violations. Were there more... Like, were there it's more so guys bad. on the Stampeders or Ottawa? No, I didn't see. It didn't say. Like, oh, that's brutal. Eh? And I, I bet the fine couldn't be. I bet it's a hundred bucks. It's got to be a hundred bucks because yeah. the CFL fines aren't large. Yeah. Even when a guy gets fined for drilling a wow. dirty, doing a dirty play or something. So I thought that or was not wearing a mic funny. Or the thing is, that's funny to the extent where you can't even joke about it. It's just obviously absurd. Uh, <laughs> the uh, GM of the Baltimore Orioles, Dan Duquette says they won't pursue, pursue Jose Bautista because, quote, our fans do not like your player, unquote. That's from Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. I, I bet there would be about another half dozen GMs, if they were asked the question, would say the same thing. You know, I wonder, and that got me thinking, like, rivals of Edmonton, 
I mean, it was a pretty big deal when the Oilers signed Zach Cassian or traded for Zach Cassian because he broke Gagne's face. Mm-hmm. Totally dirty play. You know, and I wonder, you know, like so many fans were happy that Bo Levi Mitchell failed. Like, what if he was just like, yeah, he's going to come play for the Eskimos? Like, would people, would people be like, we don't want him? Yeah, no, I mean, it's that's what, a good point, too, with the fans. What if saying, a Sedin got traded to the Oilers late in his career? Yeah, but I don't think there's a hatred. So a lot of guys hate the Sedins quite a bit. Yeah. Okay, Burroughs. Okay, maybe Burroughs. Kessler. Yeah, okay. uh, Bieksa. Oh, I, you know what? I, I think <laughs> the Oilers fans would probably say, we need a guy like that. I, I just think that there is a legitimate hate for Jose Bautista around Major League Baseball. Yeah. And and what's it done now? It's probably cost him. It's going to cost him millions and millions yeah, good of point. dollars. And then it's he's going to end up playing somewhere where he doesn't want to play. All right. Uh, we got only got two minutes left. What did you? What? How is your? Are you in the fantasy football playoff? Yes, I am not. Uh, my two teams both missed. What happened to your teams? They both missed by a game. I had one team that overachieved, and I mm. shouldn't have been in the playoff race, but I hung around, and I had another team that underachieved, and I couldn't recover. Okay. I'm going to ask maybe some of the listeners, because we don't they're not going to get back by the time, but maybe you can relay some texts. Okay. So I have the Kansas City defense tomorrow. Okay. Playing Oakland. Now, I can also start another. I can probably start the Detroit Lions defense, which has come on a lot yep. lately, and they're home to Chicago on Sunday. Now, Oakland's the number one offense in the yeah, NFL. you start Detroit. Well, it's supposed to be cold and snowy and stuff tomorrow in KC. Kansas City, they get picks. They get pick sixes. They get a lot of points on their defense. They get more points from their defense than any other team as far as getting yep. you know turnovers, et cetera, like Two that. Two-point conference. Scoring, things like that, yeah. <laughs> so... I'm in a little bit of a pickle tomorrow thinking about how that goes, but it's the quarterfinals in the Doopies League, and I'm looking forward to taking on the Chin Man. I start out, I, I would start Detroit, because okay. like Chicago can't do anything. Well, that Howard's running the ball pretty well for them right now. Wild lead the Leafs 3-2 halfway through the third. After two, the Bruins making it a game now. They trail the Capitals 3-2. At one point, it was 3-0 Washington. Kevin, good to see you. I think, uh, yeah, you're yeah, on next we're Wednesday. back in next no Wednesday next for sure. Wednesday. You betcha. Our studio producer, Matthew Panaschik. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. Tomorrow, Oilers now from noon to 2. The face-off show at 3.30. Game starts at 5 as the Oilers visit the Philadelphia Flyers. My name is Reed Wilkins. Charles Adler tonight is up next. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.